because the sound wouldn't get out there where? Far enough. But the light in a lighthouse travels a much further distance than your sound. And people could see it and head towards the light to safety. And that's what they have to see first is your light. Is your light. People see the light of your life before they hear your words. They really see you. And that's where we get that word hypocrite from. Because if it's not a true light, they have no problem calling us a what? A hypocrite. Now, humanity cannot survive without light. Everything has to have light. For a garden to grow, it needs the sunlight. For you and I to even be healthy, we need what? So much sunlight. The doctor told me I have to start taking more vitamin D. I wasn't getting enough sunlight. I'm trying to stay out the sunlight because of the cancer. Some years ago, my skin burns very quickly. And I'm trying to stay out of the sunlight, and I need more sunlight. (laughs) A lot of us need more, and even including me. We all need more light of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And guess sometimes what we're trying to avoid? Him. And we need Him. And all of us grow in His light. Therefore, John begins to share with us Jesus, the Word, as being the life and light of men. Not just one group, not just this ethnic group or this ethnic group, but he says, of all men. He is the life and light for all men. Go with me to John, chapter 1. Go to verse 4. And he says, in him was life. In him was life. In him was life. Colossians 3 speaks about my life is hid in who? In Jesus. Paul mentions It's no longer I that liveth, but who liveth? Christ liveth in me. That I am considering myself to be dead and not alive. But that Christ is the one that is living. In him was life. And the life was the light. His life is our light. Amen. And then it says, The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not understood it, or didn't apprehend it or overcome it. When you gather the truth about Jesus Christ, all the error and false teaching cannot override that truth. 
if you really take hold of that truth. If you allow that truth to ground you and root you in him, no false teaching will move you. Paul says in Galatians, no longer be tossed to and fro with what? All the teaching and philosophies of men. But if you're not anchored to the word of God, you'll run after this and that and all these other things. You'll get on your Googles and you'll Google about Jesus Christ. And then you'll start questioning yourself. If Jesus Christ is really God. Because of all that comes across. Then you'll start Googling about all the different theology. And you can get caught up in your theology part. Rather than just the word. And theology is good. Learning is good. But don't allow learning to what? Just puff you up. Don't allow learning to just give you knowledge but never bring you to the knowledge of what? Of the truth. He says he is the life and he is the light. Why? You need light to understand truth. I wish I could make it dark in here. Lord had me up about 4 o'clock this morning doing an illustration with me over this thing about light. I mean, you see that? Now, I'm pointing it, what? Directly at you. And you can see it. Now, do you see the light? Now, this becomes you. Can you see the light? You see the light in the reflection of what? Yes. This is Jesus, the light of the world. This is you reflecting that light. If this room was dark, I did it in my house. I, I, I took this and just shined it this way and went through my house because it reflected this light that gave light wherever I walked in darkness. It gave me light. See? But I can reject the light by simply turning from it and you don't see it. And he says he is the light for every man, for every person. And you are the reflection of Jesus. But remember, the brighter you allow that light to shine, the greater the reflection. The more you allow Jesus to shine in your life, the greater the reflection will be that people will see. Now, why? Because all men were in darkness. 
So the scripture tells us in verse 5, the light shines in darkness. Darkness is, again, talking about not having knowledge. That's why it says, neither could it understand. Because we have no understanding without what? Knowledge. And it's knowledge that gives us understanding of our God and our relationship with Him. And here's that whole area. Darkness. Remember, for 400 years, there was no prophet. Remember, if you study, you'll find a lot of false teaching during that 400 years of silence came into being. The whole process is that without the Word of God, People live in darkness. And we are beginning to see a nation live in darkness because they will not accept the light or the knowledge of God. The whole process is that we need light. Turn to 1 Corinthians one twenty. Because here becomes one of the failures for us. And what causes that darkness and so forth. He says in what, 120, he says, where is the wise man? And guess what? We've become so wise, we don't need who? We don't need God. We've become so highly intelligent that we don't need God. So the question is, boy, where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher? Because all the philosophy that you hear oftentimes is against the things of who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, where is that philosopher? And remember something. Philosophy is only a way of life. It's a behavior of life. And he says, where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And that's why we don't have that understanding, because if God doesn't give us understanding of his ways and of his will, it just seems foolishness to us. It just seems foolishness to us. Colossians 2.8. Take a look at the warning here for us. Because, see, we do get caught up with the philosophy of man. And we need to recognize. We don't need to get caught up with the philosophy of man. Colossians 2.8. Let me get my eyes focused again. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive. That no one takes you captive. 
Understand, the father of lies wants to capture you in a lie that is against the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you to believe something that is not honoring or glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants you to put down this word of God and begin to think of your own philosophy and your own way to salvation. And many men have done that. They have thrown this to the side. And they've come up with their own way of being saved. And it doesn't work. And he tells us there, See to it. Who has to see to it? You do. You do. You have to watch over your salvation. You have to watch over it. You have to feed it. You have to grow in it. You have to be the one who is the caretaker of your faith. I'm not your caretaker. You are. That's why the word tells you, study to show yourself what? Approve, rightly doing what? Dividing the word of God. That's something you have to do. And even after you hear me, go home and check it. Preachers will lie. You go home and check it. You be the Berean. You search it out for who? For yourself. To see if it's so. And you'll know if it's so or not as the Holy Spirit convicts you of truth. It is not my job to convict you of anything. I am to teach it, but the Holy Spirit does the convicting. The Holy Spirit shows the real truth of it, the depth of it. And he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which indeed on human tradition, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of what? Of this world. Of this world. One of the basic principles of this world that gets people in trouble is that advertisement that says, you deserve it. You're bankrupt. You're poor. Whatever. Come get this car. Come get this. Come get that. That's the philosophy of the world. Talking about you deserve it. Even though you have gone through bankruptcy, even though your credit is bad. And the whole process is the world. The whole process is, we miss this. Satan has a teaching out here. From the time we're born, he begins to teach us until we come into the knowledge of truth. And by that time, when we come into the knowledge of truth, he's taught us enough that God says, I got to renew your mind. Why do I got to renew your mind? Because as you think, so will you act. 
And your mind has to be changed to the way in which Jesus Christ himself. And that's why scripture tells us Philippians, take on this mind of who? Of Christ. Of Christ. Not of the world, but of Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Because he wants us to do a certain thing. <clears throat> and he has a purpose behind it. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6. He says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness. Where is light shining? Out of darkness. Made his light shine in our hearts. He made his light to shine where? Who is the light of the world? Where does he wind up at? In my heart. And he says, let that shine, light shine. You are not to have Christ and then put a bushel over your life. You're not to have Christ and then want to hide him. You want him to reflect. You want him to shine through your heart, through your life, in every part of your life, and all that you do. You want him to shine. Let light shine out of darkness. Made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of what? Of knowledge. The light of what? Knowledge. Why? Without the true knowledge, my people perish. Without understanding of God's word, my people perish. And the sad part about us who call ourselves the people of God, we no longer really believe in this or even carry it to church or even have our devotional time in it or dig into it together the golden nuggets that God has given unto us. We put it on the table and we let it lay there rather than pick it up and use it, scribble through it, underline it, search it out. And be like the psalmist that I've hid the word of God where at? In my heart that I might not what? And the reason people don't know when they sin against God, because they don't know this. And when you don't really know this, you give yourself the privilege and you allow yourself to live any kind of way. But when you know this, you got to fight on the inside when you try to live contrary to this. There's a war that goes on. And he says, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. In the face of Christ. He is the light of the world. 
that we might see God's glory. That we might see God in all that He is as much as we could understand in this present body with this limitless mind. But God reveals Himself in Jesus. In Jesus. Now, the philosophy of man it doesn't understand the teachings and works of God. And that's why sometimes Christians, we look foolish and we sound foolish to the world. Because, again, there's no understanding where there's darkness. There's no understanding where the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is not shining through. There's only darkness. There's a lack of knowledge. There's a lack of understanding. There's that lack that is there. There's the lack of the will of doing because you can't even know the doing of God's will until you come to Him. Go back just a moment to John in that chapter 5. I'm sorry, verse 5. And He, again, He states, The light shineth in darkness. But the darkness has no what? Understanding or apprehension of it. It cannot even begin to understand the ways of our God and how our God works and how our God does. I'm going to give you a little illustration. I don't know if Paul will remember this, but the gentleman that was building my home, uh, he came to the house one day and he told me, I'm not going to be able to finish. And he brought his lawyer with him. Well, he had run out of money. And he couldn't finish my home. Now, what I didn't want to hear was from Paul and another good friend of mine, Fred Jennings, they both said the same thing to me. So when I went to Paul with my soap opera story, and he met with the contractor and the man's lawyer, he will be my lawyer. But he heard, and then he said, Gus, you worked in construction. You knew the man couldn't complete this home with the bid that he put in. My thing was, well, he the one put the bid in. But then Paul came right back to me and said, but you know he couldn't have done it. So when I spoke to Fred Jennings on it, Fred Jennings said, because how long did you work in construction? You knew that man could not complete this house. And I told Fred, same thing I told Paul. I asked him, you sure you can do this? Are you positive that you can complete it? But both of them told me this. You knew he couldn't do it. Now that was the truth that I didn't really want to what? Hear. But it was truth. And because I knew that truth from the very beginning, 
how could I really fault this man who is trying to do something knowing I know he couldn't do it or complete it? What am I saying? Without the knowledge of truth, sometimes we're expecting unsaved people to act and to carry out God's will without the knowledge of God. See, the people sometimes we ought to be challenging to do right is the Christian who should have God's word where? Hidden in him and needs a boost or to kick in the to help them do what is right. But you cannot do what is right without first obtaining the knowledge of what is right. And that's what's so important in the Word. And he says, they don't understand. They don't understand. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. And see, what this book does for us, it gives us understanding of the one in whom we believe. He helps order our steps, our going, and our coming. And he's the one who deals with us. So when we pick up in verse 8, he says, For my thoughts, God is saying, My thoughts are not your what? God's not thinking like you do. And when, when God changes your thinking, you even have the question, and I have the question. Listen to this. Will it work? And when we ask God, will it work? What God comes back to us with is this. Believe and act on faith. See, without faith, you never discover if God's word will work. You need faith in God's word. To really understand if it's workable. So sometimes God asks you to step out into the water. God asks you to do something that's difficult. God asks you to do something that takes you out of your comfort zone the way you want to be. And by faith you do it. By faith you do it. And then when you do it, you see a magnificent God who acts because you are acting on his word. You're trusting in his word. You're trusting in him, not in yourself. And most of us do exactly what scripture tells us not to do. Lean on our own what? Understanding. Lean on our own knowledge. And we look at men and we look at others and we say, boy, they made it. I'm going to follow their way. The thing is, in the eyesight of every man, he sees his way as right and just. But the scripture says the end thereof is what? 
death. What we don't see is the end. Is the end. Is the end result. We just see the little bit of dabbling of the starting. Ralph Dixon was one of the fastest guys who could come out and track. He could jump out 10, 15 yards ahead of somebody. But he had nothing to finish with. And the thing for you and I is this, that we finish well. We finish well. We finish well. And he says, again, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my what? My ways. And guess what we want to do? Now, all of us are just like babies. A baby wants its what? Its own way. It wants to do what it wants to do. And you can tell that baby, don't touch, don't this, don't that, and it's going to do what? What it wants to do. Unless you really what? Train. Unless God trains us in the ways of righteousness, we will do what we want to do. And that's the purpose of renewing our minds. That's the purpose of training us. That's the purpose of which he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Why? He's always training us. He's always teaching us. He's always taking us further than what we think we can go. And he goes on and he says then, As the heavens are high than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. I can't begin to think like God from a fleshly point of view. And this old excuse of ours, God understands my heart. Yes, He understands the wickedness of our hearts. He understands the depravity of our hearts. Yes, He sees the sin that is in our hearts that He has to purge us from. He has to remove from us. Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. And unless he change our heart and our minds, we are nothing more than a people of the world doing the same thing that the world does and blocking the light of life from being seen in our life. And he says his ways are much higher than our ways. And my thoughts, then your thoughts. Then he gives us this little illustration that most of us can't even really understand. Science just tells us the water, the rain that falls on the earth, the snow that falls, eventually does what? Evaporate where? Back up. But we don't understand how that really even happens. We just have to take it that, yeah, they're telling us the truth. That somehow that water that falls go right back up somehow after it has done the purpose of God. And therefore he gives us this, il- this illustration. As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud 
and flourish so that it yields seed from the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. Now he brings the comparison that he wants us to look at. He says, my word is like that rain and snow. It's going to cause your life to flourish. It's going to feed you. It's going to bring forth fruit that you never thought about. And it's going to satisfy you. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. I will not return. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose of which I sent it. Jesus is sent. The word is sent to us. The light is sent to us to accomplish God's purpose in your life. It was not sent. Hear me on this. Hear me. It was not just sent. For you can go around bragging, I'm saved. I'm saved. The real question is this. Are you living the Christ life? Are you living the Christ life? Are you living the Christ life that is pleasing to God? Just talking about I'm saved and I accepted the Lord when I was 5 years old, 10 years old, 13 years old, 20 years old. And living like the devil is a problem. I'm saved. No, it's much more than that. Salvation is only your starting point. It's not your finishing point. It's your starting point. That's all. And if you're really saved, you want more of him. You want more of him. If you're really saved, you want more of what God has for you. You want to discover God's purpose for your life. You want to know why God saved you. You want to know how God's going to use you. You want to know how God is fashioning you and molding you. You want to know how God wants to use you if you're really saved. Understand this. You were not saved just to come in here and sit on a bench. You were saved to come learn, gather the knowledge of Christ, and then take it back out to a dying world. God wants to use you out there more so than he wants to use you where? In here. He wants to use you more out there than in here. But most of us act up where at? In here rather than out there. People, though, they love their way of life. They really do love their way of life. Go to John chapter 3 and go to 19, verse 19. 
He come in the world, and he is the life and light of every man. In 19, he says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. That's a fact. But men love what? We love it. We love being ignorant of the things of God. We love the darkness. Why? In the darkness, we can do our own little thing. Now, I was once there too. How many of you went to parties in your young life and bright lights was on in the basement or the bright lights were on? And boy, what happened in the dark? Because we think in the dark, we're not being what? We're not being seen. And somehow darkness is a comfort to us. That others aren't seeing what we're doing. Why do you think so many nightclubs are dark? You're trying to stare over there and see if Bill's with his wife, but you can't see it really. Is that really his wife? Can't see it clearly. Trying to see if Mary Lou, is, is she with somebody else? Is she with her husband? But when it's all brought to the light, you see what? Everything. Everything. But he says, the people love what? They love darkness. They love it. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were what? Evil. He describes to us what takes place in ignorance and darkness. Evil. Sin. Takes place. And he goes on, he says, everyone who does evil hates the light. Why? They want it their way, not God's way. So they hate the light because the light really reveals your evil deeds. The light really shows you that you are not living as God would have you to live. The light shines really on you and it shines on our hearts. To remove the evilness the light shines in our mind to deal with our sinfulness, even in our thinking. And he goes on, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light. Look at that. That's an action and the will of man. It's a choice here. They will not what? Come into the Light, the light is there. But they love darkness more so than light. Sometimes when I look at my grandchildren, I have to say they love darkness more than what? Light. They, 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 they can tell me, oh, this is when I accepted the Lord. And even for Jaden sometimes, I have to say to Jaden, Jaden, 
You're of the light. You have to act this way. When you're on the football field, you got to act this way. When you're doing this, Jaden, because Jaden would get so hyped up. No, you got to play under control. Once you tackle that person, that's all you do. You don't try to kick. You don't try to do anything else to hurt that person. You bring yourself under control. This is only a game. And a lot of Christians have to bring themselves what? Under control. And you have to love the light. To walk in the light. And when you're walking in the light, you're in the presence of God. And that deals with your behavior and your conduct and your speech. Because you're in his presence. You're in the light of his presence. And he goes on and says, the light. And will not come into the light for the fear that his deeds will be exposed. You don't want your actions to be what? Known. Too many of you run around here talking about, I don't want people in my business. If you go on the internet, you'll find your business already out there. I'm on Facebook with my wife when we were younger. When I first saw that picture, I said, I didn't put that there. But Jennifer Gensler put it out there off a picture she had of us. And there's things that is being revealed about you that you didn't reveal, but somebody else is revealing it. Your life is not as private as you think it is. And the word just simply says it like this. What is done in the dark will be brought to the light. What is whispered will be shouted from the rooftop. And then 21, he says, But whoever lives by the truth, if you accept truth, look what truth does. Comes into the light. The truth brings you into light. Not into darkness. But when you have understanding of truth and willing to live out truth, it brings you into light that you're not dwelling in darkness. It brings you there. But whoever lives in the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done, now catch this in part, has been done through God. Hadn't been done through you. Hadn't been done through the flesh. But how you're living and the things that you are doing, the abilities that you demonstrate, the skills that you demonstrate, and what you do on the job, and how you respond to your neighbor and how you live with your neighbors is not through you, but it's through who? God. You catch that? Through God. 
And then Ephesians 4.23 again, he says, that renewing of the mind that has to play, take place. Let's get ready to close out with these last couple of verses. In 1828, the psalmist says, God turns my darkness into light. God turns my ignorance into intelligence. God works with me because God would not have his people to be dumb, stupid, and backwards. So what is God doing? He's educating us. He's bringing us out of the darkness. He's bringing us out of the lie. He's bringing us out of error into truth. Psalms 119.05, the psalmist simply says this, this young man, your word is a lamp to my path. Your teaching is a lamp to my path. What Jesus teaches us become a light of how I live. And then in verse 30 it says, it gives understanding to the simple. It gives understanding to the simple. Simple can mean foolish and silly. I once was very foolish. In my young days, marriage, you've heard me, boy, when Nanny Lane have an argument or whatever, I run down to the Y and get my $5 room. And finally the Lord spoke, you stay at home. And I stopped running. And I told her, I'll never leave the house again. We'll just have to work through it, but I'll be right here. And some of you men, you need to make that statement. You're not going to run. Because it's so easy for us to run from responsibility rather than accept the responsibility that God has given us and be the head of our families, to be leaders in the community, to be examples to others and not run from it but live the Christian life. Don't be ashamed of Christ or his gospel but stand up for it and take on the ownership and the responsibility. The simple simply means the unlearned in darkness or unacquainted with God's ways and his word. And Jesus is our life and knowledge for this purpose. He is our life and he is knowledge for this purpose. Philippians 2.15 if you want to turn to it. First, that I might live blameless. What does that mean? blameless that you cannot take your finger and point it at me and blame me. Boy, that's a tall order. Why? I'm living in Christ. And you can't find that fault in me that you can blame me as being your stumbling block. 
that you can blame me for hurting your life. That you can blame me for stealing this or stealing that. You can't blame me of being envious over what you have. Because I understand every good and perfect gift coming from where? From above. I understand what John says. A man has nothing, no more than what God himself will give him. And then he moves on to the word, boy, cure. Yes, I'm still trying to live that kind of life, a pure life. And the whole thing, that's the goal that we are running to. And then to live a life as the children of God. We've lost that. What does it mean to be the child of God? If you will remember you are a child of God, it will direct your speech, your thinking, your conduct, your behavior. My dad would never allow us to forget 11 boys. When you stepped out that house, you represented him. You were a brown and you represented him. Now I remember my brother Howard because Howard liked to wear his pants low before they even started doing it. And time my dad got done welling on his seat of knowledge, he understood to pull them up, fasten them up. Now when he left home, he looked one way, but sometime when he got to school, he'd take his belt off and look another way. But when he came back home, that belt was on, pants was up. Guess what we do? While we're at home with the Lord, we look the way he wants us to look. But when you're out here in this world, what do you really look like? Oh, we all get ready to come on Sunday morning to get ready to meet with the Lord. And yes, we do this and we do that. But what do you really look like out there? What do you really look like? Who do you represent when you're out there? You represent him in the way you dress. Women, don't let your basketballs be seen. Them things can fall out when the blouse is too short. Understand why there was a purpose in old days of church, the women came with a large handkerchief or blanket. And when they sat down, they put it over their knees. They didn't want to be at fault or a stumbling block for anybody. And men, you need to recognize who you represent. Because the way you dress dictates how people see you. And you can talk about all you want. The Lord looketh upon the heart. Well, 
Men and women are not the Lord. They first look at our appearance. I'll never get my brother-in-law, like he said, if you came for the interview wrongly, he scratched you. He's a manager for Acme. And he said, when you come in for that interview, if I can't see where you can represent Acme as a professional, I don't hire you. So that interview was important. And a lot of people think it's not important. But it's vital. That impression that you give by how you dress. Because people read that. And Paul says, you're without fault. Which you shine. Underline that. That you shine like a star. You shine like a star. Isn't it amazing sometime at night you can look up? And as far as that star is away from earth, guess what? You can see it. And some of them shine so bright. You can point out the Big Dipper, or you can point out this, or you can point out that. And then one of them shines so bright that you can say, that's the North Star. That should be your life. I don't care what the distance is. People can see it. And then closing, Jesus makes it all possible. He's my light and he's my salvation. He's all that I really have. Amen? Amen. Father, we're so thankful that you gave Jesus to be our life and the light of all men. That real knowledge has to flow from him. And that, Lord, he reveals the real holiness of God and all that God wants from us. That he really shines the light on the glory of God. And I pray, Father, you will help us to see it. But, Lord, we won't see it unless we become a people. We won't see it unless we're in your word and allowing your Holy Spirit to reveal it to us. We'll be talking about we're saved but we're ignorant. We'll be talking about we're saved and have no knowledge. We'll be talking we're saved but don't know the will of God for our life. We'll be talking that we're saved but we don't know that he has a plan for our lives. Lord, I pray that you open our eyes and the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will shine into our eyes and into our hearts and into our minds that we might reflect him. Work in us, Lord. We are your workmanship. We are 
created for good works. But we are still in the process of learning how to do that. May you continue to mold us and shape us. Even though we complain, Lord, continue, Lord, to work in our lives. Never leave us nor forsake us. But continue the work that you have begun. And Lord, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.